time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. If you're happy and you love Jesus, say, I do. All right, good. Let's, uh, let's pray together, and then we're going to dive into the Word of God. Father, I thank you for what you're doing here in DSM Junior High. I thank you for, God, just the, this idea of be, belonging. We want to belong to you, God. We are so tempted to belong to so many things other than you. And so we, we commit to belong to you. We want to hang out to where we actually feel like we belong to you in your presence, God. Lord, we want to belong to a community of faith, a community of people here at DSM Junior High that actually push us forward in pursuing you. We want to belong to cadres that spur us on in the faith. God, we want to belong to a movement. We want to belong to what you're doing. We love you and we honor you. And all of DSM said amen. Amen. Do we have any football fans in the house? Anybody love football? Yeah, there it is. All right. Okay, well... uh, a couple years ago, I was having lunch with a, a football player from the NFL. Uh, he started his career, college career at LSU. Anybody heard of LSU? Yeah. I just had to throw that because Brandon's here. And I know, I know Brandon, kind of an LSU fan. But all right. And so he played for LSU and then he played for the Seattle Seahawks. We got some Seahawks fans? No, no. New York Jets. All right. Okay. Then he played for the Tennessee Titans. All right. His name's Kevin Mawai. All right, and so uh, I went to lunch with this guy, and, and I was asking him questions about what it was like to be on, a, on an NFL football team. And I said, tell me what Christianity is like in the NFL. What, what, what is the perspective of Jesus among men in the NFL players? And his answer was interesting to me. He said, you can't generalize it and say, what is Christianity like in the NFL? He goes, it doesn't work. He said, each specific football team is so different based upon the spiritual leadership on each team. He said, you could play for the New York Jets and have a spiritual leader and the whole, there's people praying and there's people praying before the games and there's talks of what God is doing and there's people going to church and you could go to another team and there'd be absolutely nothing, zero. He said, it's 100% based upon the spiritual leadership on the team. So the guys that are on the team make the difference. And I began to think about that as you and I look at our campuses. As you begin to go into this new year, and even though school's already started, it's still at the beginning. We're still in September. And there will be a a different environment or encounter of God on different campuses based upon the spiritual leadership on the campus. So in the same way, you can't say, what's Christianity like at the middle schools in Colorado Springs? Because it's all contingent. It's all based upon the leaders. Everybody say, I'm a leader. It's based upon you. It's based upon the measure of pursuit of God and the way that you lead on your campus. That, that will dictate if there will be a movement of God or not. And so when we're talking about belonging to a movement, we could talk about so many different things. We could talk about Christianity being 2,000 years old and God using 12 men to take the gospel to the whole world. And today it's the largest religion on the planet. It's a movement that continues to grow. 
We could talk about the Holy Spirit movement since Acts chapter 2 and Pentecost. We could talk about what God's doing in this generation, the last hundred years. We could talk about so many different things. But tonight, I don't want to talk about just what God's doing in DSM as a movement or what God's doing in desperation as a movement or what God's doing among teenagers today as a movement. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about the movement that you're going to lead. You go, no, 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 not me. Yeah, you, not me. Yeah, you, no, couldn't be. Then who? Yeah, you. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about if you will lead. Everybody raise your right hand. Say, I am movement. Say, I am a movement. When I talked to Kevin Mawai, he said there is a massive difference on the, in the different teams based upon if they're spiritual leaders on the team. This morning, I want to encourage you. You've got a little window of time. Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. You've got this little window of time to lead Young men and women on your campus toward God. You've got this little tiny season. And so for me, when I look at DSM and even when I look at the high school students, last year we saw some moves of God on campuses. We saw God do some stuff. And other campuses we didn't. But you know what the difference was? Was there a spiritual leader on that campus leading? Zach Dillon is in DLA this year. Last year as a high school senior at TCA... He was committed to leading. And there was a move of God. There was days of fasting and prayer. There were young people that came to Christ. Even this morning, he was telling me stories about what God's doing at TCA based upon the young men and women that were a part of his group. And it's still happening. And you know what spurred it on? You know what made it happen? A young man that said, I'm going to lead on my campus. I'm going to see a move of God. This morning, that's the resolution I want to get deep down into your heart. Me, I'm going to lead. Good. I'm a seventh grader though, David. Yeah, you. I'm, an, I'm only an eighth grader. Yeah, you. Yeah. I'm only a ninth grader. Yeah, yeah, you. You could lead a movement. You could see God do stuff. You could see God do things on your campus. There's this girl. She's uh, from Texas. And she was telling me the stories of what God did in her small town. She's a teenager. and She began to lead young people in the place of prayer weekly. But then she had a vision to have all of the youth groups come together for a big event. And so she, as a 16-year-old, organized a citywide event. And she saw a move of God. She saw people get saved. She saw God do things. Just 16-year-old kid from a broken family. No dad. Youngest. Youngest kid. And she got a vision. And she's a leader. There was a small movement that took place in a small town in Texas by someone from a broken family because a 16-year-old had a vision. I'm just asking you, what's your vision? When you think about Timberview Middle School, when you think this year, right now, you, your life, when you think Mountain Ridge, name the campus, name your school, Challenger Middle School. When you think about the middle schools, the school, everybody on three, I want you to tell me the name of your school. One, two, three. When you think about that school, the temptation is to think, oh, it's just another year. Just an, I just got to get through. I just got to make it through school. And oftentimes what we do is we don't have any kind of vision. But I want you to picture, everybody close your eyes, close your eyes, run movies in your mind of what God might want to do at your school this year. What, what might God want to do? Just if, if God, if God could do anything at your school, what would it look like? Just run movies in your brain right now. What does it look like? What do you see? 
Do you see kids getting saved? Do you see, do you see prayer meetings on campus? Do you see, see, it, see it, the pole blowing up and hundreds of kids coming? Do you see a friend that you know that's an atheist coming to know Jesus? What do you see? Do you see helping to feed the poor? What do you see? When you see a picture of God doing stuff at your school, what do you see? Okay, you can open your eyes. Listen. As we look toward this year, Brandon, John, and Aubrey, and AJ, Octavia, we're, we're believing for a movement. Yes. We're believing for a move of God, but it's not because of what we're going to do. Right. It's because of what you're going to do. Amen. It's because of what God wants to do through you. That's the movement. The movement is what God does in you and through you. Everybody say, through me. Look at the person next to you and say, through me. Now punch him in the face and say, through you. There it is. Yeah. All right. Good. Now go ahead and give him a kiss and say, I'm sorry. All right. There it is. Lots of, yeah, there it is. All right. Good. I want to read out of Acts chapter four. It says this. It says, when they saw the courage, say courage. courage. Come on. Say, come on, people. The only person I heard was Brandon. Say courage. courage. When they saw the courage, say courage. courage. I want you to get a little bit of a snarl in your voice. Kind of a pull, almost, yeah, just kind of a Western movie-ish. Into, courage. There it is. Come on, one, two, three, courage. All right, that was good, Aubrey. All right. When they saw the courage, listen to this. This is when, this is in Acts. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note, here it is, that these men had been with Jesus. What was the evidence that they'd been with Jesus? Courage. You know what we're lacking in junior high, middle school? Courage. Listen, I've seen junior high students get courage and I've seen God do incredible things. We get a vision for it. And so the very evidence that you've been with God, one of the ways that you'll see the facts that it's really real. I mean, you've been with Jesus this morning. I mean, you're up here and you're going to the left, to the left, to the left. Ah, presence of God. River, river, river. To the right, to the right, to the right. Oh, I encounter. Right? You're having these moments. I finally found where I belong in your presence. Right? We're having these moments where we've been with Jesus. We're going on retreats. This past summer, we had Braveheart and Man Time and Desperation Conference. You had encounter after encounter after encounter of being with God. One of the ways that there's an evidence that you've really been with God is that you are a man or woman filled with courage. You've been with Jesus, so you know who you are. You're not at school going, please love me, like me, notice me. See, look, I've grown taller. What? Look, check me out. Hey, notice me. And the girls are like, check me out. I'm, I'm beautiful. I got new earrings and some makeup. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. And the guys are like, check me out. Come on, I, I'm a good athlete or I, I'm, I'm academic or I'm the vice president of German club or whatever is the thing. Hear me sing, see me uh, swim, whatever is the thing that you do. The temptation is to try to get all kinds of people, that was was just for you, to get all kinds of people to just look at me. But here's the deal, Peter, right here, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, when you've been with Jesus, you don't have to live on campus, like, see me, notice me, don't you want to like me, please love me, please, 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 for the love, like me, love me, somebody notice me. When you've been with Jesus, when you've spent time with them, you've had encounters with God at man time, brave hearts, 
spending time with them each day. And they saw the courage. Peter and John, they go, these men have been with Jesus. One of the ways that you demonstrate that you've been with Jesus is you walk in courage. And listen, if you'll walk in courage, people will follow you. It's a rare person that has courage and confidence as a seventh grader. You're in the season right now where here's, here's, here's what our culture says to you. Our culture looks at you and goes, I'm so sorry. You're starting puberty. Let's just kind of let them be awkward and weird. You know, they're, I mean, it's seventh grade. It's so hard. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Brandon, my perspective of you as a junior high student. We don't pity you because you're in puberty. I, I didn't go through puberty until my 20s. I, I, don't, I don't even have a, any, any pity for you because you're in puberty. Here's what we do believe. When you look at who you are as a 13-year-old, you, the Holy Spirit is as big in you as he is John Egan or Brandon Cormier. The word of God can be alive in you just like it is Pastor Brady. It does not matter your age. And even when you look historically, you could see that God called young people. God calls people when they're young. So these aren't the awkward days. These are the amazing days. These are the days. Ooh, I like that. Right there. Come on, give me that. Yeah. These are the days that God is calling you. These are the days that you can hear the voice of God, that you can get a vision for your life. I know for me in my journey, my, my, my days of going deep, of getting rooted were in seventh and eighth grade. No question. In seventh grade, I was, I was, I was struggling. I was, I had a mullet. I was awkward. I was a triplet. So I was born with two girls. And so they, we all went to a secular, uh, a public junior high and both my sisters were a head taller than I was and I was older than them. And I remember feeling like this is hard. And I remember in those days, in those days, my father saying, these are your days, David. These are your days to get rooted and established in what God thinks about you and how God feels about you. And to this day, I look back at my junior high days as glorious days, days of going deep in God. And so I want to encourage each one of you guys as you go into this year to be courageous, to look at your school, build a movement. It's not you doing it. It's God doing it, but God using you. God wants to use you. Say me. me. Say, I am, I am movement. Say, I am movement. I am. So when we say belong to a movement, it's not just coming to DSM on Sunday morning. It's all the little movements. When Right in here this morning, there's over 100 young people. A hundred, well, it's a hundred little movements going on. And you come together and you say, what happened this week? Well, this week I was memorizing the scripture and God spoke to me this. And someone goes, no, yeah, whoa, that's deep. You're like, it's not that deep. You're like, but it's awesome. And someone else comes together and says, hey, hey, this is, we were singing that song about the river and I, I, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision. Whoa, that's awesome. When I was at school this week, I told this person, this one, this one kid about Jesus, and he's coming with me next week to church. No, yeah, that kid's crazy. Yeah, I know, he's coming. If you bring him here, oh, it'll be awkward for everybody. I know, that's why I'm bringing him. And listen, as you do that stuff, that's, that's little movements. And you go, we're waiting for some big epic thing to happen and go, oh, that's the movement, that's the river. Listen, a hundred little small stories make a huge story. A hundred small streams make a huge river. So when you go out, we gather together. 
and we talk about what God's doing, and then we scatter, and we go see moves of God on campuses. And then we gather, and we come back, and we talk about it. We say, this is what God's doing. This is what I'm seeing God do. These are the stories. These are the vision that God gave to me. This is the prayer meetings that are starting. This is the way that we're speaking the gospel. This is the person that God healed. And everybody's like, no. You're like, yes. And all of a sudden, church isn't like standing in the back, watching Brandon jump up and down. Instead, churches, I'm with you. He's healing. He's moving. God's doing, yeah, man, yeah. And I like church. And all of a sudden, church isn't like, hey, I come to church and I sit in the back. I pick my nose and I pretend to not be bored. No, church comes in and goes, there's a move of God taking place on my campus. And I'm ready to get refueled up. I want to tell you stories. I want to hear your stories because we're a part of a move of God. We're a part of God doing stuff. So I want to give you a few tips on how, how to see a movement at your school. Number one, think movement, not movies. Here's what I mean by that. In your culture, my culture right now, Hollywood is telling you a story. And they're telling you a story that in these years, it's all about popularity. It's all about being cool. And so you are just... As you just live in this culture from television to commercials to movies, you're facing, am I going to believe that story? Am I going to live that story? Am I going to put myself into that story? Because the story that Jesus is inviting to you to is not try to be popular. The story he invites you in is for you to see how awesome he is and for you to live for the glory of God, the popularity of God. Let me tell you, if you live for your own popularity... It's going to be ashes. There's only one Justin Bieber. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, billion, there's a billion young people that are not. And you go, no, 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 no. I can be anything. No, no, no. That's, that's the American dream. Let me tell you about the Jesus dream for your life. The Jesus dream for your life is I've died to myself. The Jesus dream for your life is not you can do anything you want if you put your strength to it because you've got the eye of the tiger. I mean, it's not that. That's Hollywood. The Jesus dream for your life is surrender all and watch. I love the C.S. Lewis quote that says, if you live for earth, you'll get neither heaven or earth. If you live for heaven, you get both. You get heaven and earth. You get, if you live for Jesus now, if you live, you'll be surprised. It's that scripture that says, and seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. If you'll seek after God, you'll be surprised. God will use you. God will fill you. You'll be shocked how much God uses you. Your culture says party. The Jesus story is not go out, try to party now. The story is you want to party for eternity. So you want to be a part of a bigger party. As you go into your teen years, the little goofy, dorky, nerdy parties of, oh, my parents are gone. Let's have a party. Kids getting in trouble with all that. That is such a small, pathetic party. It's so, it's so small compared to the great party of beholding Jesus forever, for eternity, and worshiping the Lamb of glory with a great multitude that no one can count. There's a bigger story. So as you go into th- this year, you gotta, which story are you going to believe? Our culture says, be irresponsible. You're, you're, you're a teenager. You're a kid. Be irresponsible. Do what you want. And yet, 
we find Jesus at age 12 in the temple. At age 12 saying, where else would I be but in my father's house? That's where I got to be. That's what the confession that we want in us. Age 12. Where else could I be? I got to be about my father's business. I got to be in my father's house. This is where, this is home. This is where I belong. Where I belong is with God. That's where, that's who I am. So it's not just going into this year and kind of theoretically going, okay, I'm a movement. No, think specifically. You got to get in your head. Which story are you going to believe? The Hollywood story, the movie story, or the Jesus story? Second one is this. Love your campus. Love it. Love your school. Here's what I mean by that. I'm not talking about loving the building, like, oh, you know, kissing the lockers and that kind of thing. I'm not, that's not what I mean. I'm not saying, like, love, love the building. And I'm not saying, like, love the mascot, you know, like, you got to, like, you know, be hugging the mascot at your school or something. Oh, I love you. I'm so proud to be a panther. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is loving Loving the people at your school and loving being there. Just, just loving to be there. I mean, really liking it. Like if we're called by Jesus to reach young people, right? You're called to reach your friends and you're like too cool for school, literally. You know, like, I don't want to be here. I'm too cool for this. I can't wait for school to get out. You're, you're not going to be a leader. The people that care about where they're at, they're the ones that lead. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I talk to people and they say, I love Jesus. I'm after Jesus. And they're like, but I hate school. No, 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 no. You can't go there. You're in, a, you're in a season right now where God's got you at your campus. And this is your moment to be there with excellence. And so you love it. You, I mean, you pray for it. And you'll start to care about the things you pray for. So if you start to pray for your school, you'll start to love your school. Can't happen, David. No way. It's just the way it ex- exists in America. Junior high kids hate school. That's who we are. That's our core convictions. We hate school. No way. Uh-uh. I, we hate school. Can't, school, 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 lame. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Listen, if you'll pray for your school, if you'll pray for the kids at your school, and you'll think this is a training ground for me to impact my world, you'll be surprised. You'll start to love your school. And the kind of person that loves to be somewhere is infectious. Like if, I, like if I'm here this morning and if Brandon and I are at church and we don't really want to be at church and we're like, uh, this is so lame. You guys are going to be like, I'm not following you. But if Brandon is up here and he's leading worship and you could tell he really likes God. I mean, I can tell when Brandon's up here leading worship, he just likes God. When he's singing these songs, he, and when he's praying, and when he's bringing you up here to pray for your schools, he's not here like clocking in, clocking in, man, I can't wait to go watch football. No, he's a bigger story going on. He loves to be here. He wants to be here. So it's easy to follow him. Listen, on your campus, if you love to be there, like I've got a mission for this school. This, there, I want to see a move of God on my campus. You watch. Young people will follow you. Right. What do you see that I don't see? That's what they'll say. There's something going on. You've got a bigger story that I, I, I don't get it. I'm just going from second hour to third hour and, you know, trying to not get a swirly in PE. And that's, that's my world. What are you, what's your world? Your world is you've got a bigger story going on. Listen, if you'll do that, people will follow you. All right, so love your school. Literally, literally love it. I love the story in Acts chapter 16 where Paul and Silas are in prison. In prison. I know some of you think, my middle school is like prison. (laughs) Yes, I can relate. Okay. 
What are Paul and Silas doing in the prison? I mean, in the center cell, locked up. They're worshiping God. They're singing songs. They're going, you are awesome. What's, what's your favorite song? What's, what, holy, holy is the Lord. They're singing uh, to the left, to the left, to the right, to the whatever. I mean, they're singing worship songs to God. Why? Because there's a bigger story. Let me tell you, that's your, even in this season, worship God, give everything to God at your school. Love it. Worship God on campus. Start a new club. The worshipers, we worship at midnight. This is a prison cell. Maybe your school, you know the story at midnight, right? They're worshiping and all of a sudden the walls fall down because of the earthquake. Ollie, Ollie, all set free. What's up now? You know, maybe God will do that for your school. You worship and boom, Timberview Middle School falls to shreds. I don't know. But what I'm saying... What I'm saying is, is that if you will worship, if you will love it, if you, in, in any circumstance, yes. that will enable you to lead. Yeah. And you'll see, you'll see a movement of God. I don't know how many, but you'll see God move. All right? Lead your school. Number three, lead your school. You can't lead everywhere. You can't lead every single component. But whatever gifts and talents God's placed in you, be the best you can be at that. If, you're, if, if God's given you a gift in, in, in instruments... And you're able to play in the band, be the best that you can be. Why? So that you can influence the people around you. If God's given you academic skills, be the best that you can be and influence people. If the best that you have is your French club secretary, lead French club secretary. Be awesome at it. Be the president of, of drama club, you know, but lead well. Don't be so, so disengaged. Get in your school and lead. Lead people. Lead young men and women. Lead your friends. If you, and here's the reason. The reason is not at the core uh, because I want to be the best musician I can be or I want to be the best uh, dramatic theater person I can be or the best football player. There's a deeper reason. It looks like that, but the deeper reason is you have a vision for God and you want to take as many people to God as you possibly can. And these little avenues are ways to take people with you. So if you're disengaged and you, you're, you're, you're in, inside, you're too arrogant or too cocky to, to engage, to get in, connected in school, what time do I need, need to be done? Okay. Then, then you, won't be, you, won't be able, you won't be able to lead people. But if there are some things you care about, like Victor. Victor is awesome at singing and drama, right? He's just good at it, right? Okay. Now listen. Let me give you an illustration. If Victor, how old are you, 15, 16? 15. 15. 15. All right. If Victor goes, you know what? This is my talent, but you know what? I just, I want to live for myself and I can't wait till I'm 18 and I get out of the house. And so I'm going to just sit at home. I'm not going to go and use my talents. I'm going to play Wii most of the time and watch lots of television, live for myself. Do you know how many people he's going to influence? Zero, none. But if Victor goes, I'm going to use these talents and I'm going to lead in my school I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the dramas like Hello, Dolly. And what, what, when, when you were in the summer? What were you in the summer? The summer? The summer you were in drama. Yeah. Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe and the Seussical by a Musical, a yeah. <laughs> That, you know. And he uses his talents. He uses his talents. Then people go, wow, that's awesome. And they connect with him. There's relationship. And through those mediums, through those efforts, he's able to lead people. Are you with me? Does that make sense? So when we're talking movement, I don't want to t- just talk kind of like a blanket theory. I want you to get down. Be excellent at something. Yeah. Pick something. Pick something you can be great at and lead people in it. Lead people in it. And that will be an avenue for you to lead them in the things of God. 
It can be prayer meetings. I love prayer meetings. You know that. I, I promote them like candy, all right? But it's not always prayer meetings. God might use you to use something else, some other medium, some other way, some sport, some swimming, football, whatever it might be. But be excellent at it. Someone who has a vision to go, live for something bigger than themselves is attractive to people. People go, what is that? And when we've encountered and experienced God, that's our story. The last, here's the, here's the, here's another quote. You can tweet this. This is what pastor David says today. Don't be a slug. Don't sit back and do nothing. Lead, lead your generation, influence your generation. The last thing I want to encourage you on on this is connect in your, in your cadres. I just, I really want you to get this because in these cadres, we encourage each other, right? With Brandon, I'm stronger. Why? Because Brandon's calling me things. Even right just a minute ago, he's t- we're talking about a prayer meeting and he's given me some of his ideas. By nature of our conversation, it's making me stronger. I make Brandon stronger. If we're isolated doing our own thing, we don't have that strength. Right. We just kind of live kind of isolated. But when we're together, Holy Spirit's alive inside of him. Holy Spirit's alive inside of me. Yeah. Word of God is active in him. Word of God's active to me. He's on mission. I'm on mission. When right. we come together, our conversation and connecting, it makes each other stronger. It's the same thing in your, in your cadres. Right. When you come together and talk, then you come. And week after week, it's not like, yeah, school's so lame. Life is lame. I can't wait to get out of junior high. No. You come together and you say, what's God doing at your school? Here's what God's doing in me. What, what are you leading? What are you doing? And all of a sudden, we're like, I wasn't leading anything, but he's leading something. Well, I'm a lot smarter than him. I should lead something. I could go. You know what I'm saying? Let's go do this stuff. Let's go build the kingdom of God. Yeah. Connect in these cadres. If you'll connect in these cadres, it will help you. All right? Let's stand on your feet and I want to pray for you. Everybody say, I am movement. movement. All right. When we say belong to a movement, we're not just talking about coming to church on Sunday. We're talking about you leading on your campus, you doing stuff. Then all these little movements come together, and that's when we see a real movement. We see God do stuff. All right. Hold out your hands just like this. Let me pray for you, okay? Father, I thank you for these leaders that are here this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for how you are alive inside of each one of them. And Lord God, I pray that you would help them to lead on their campuses. We ask, Lord God, for a movement, Lord God, at Challenger Middle School, Timberview. Lord, at these schools across this city, Lord, have your way. We love you, Jesus. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.